The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Craig, thank you. It is uh, Friday, January 6, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. This is the 31st anniversary broadcast. And I'm not trying to gloat or toot my horn, but I'm just uh, walking on air. We have the dog, Buddy, here at 3.05. And at 4.05, one of you went out and adopted the dog. And Buddy has a home. And that, I could not ask for anything better. Still to come on this broadcast at 6.05, we'll put the community spotlight on the fine folks at Jack's Helping Hand, uh, Jim Shivers from Caltrans will be here on Monday. We are with you weekday afternoons from 3.05 to 7 o'clock right here on KVEC. Uh, we don't make a big deal out of the anniversary broadcast, but we do try to reach out to someone in the community and bring them in as a special guest. There's an obvious choice this year. We're very pleased to have in conversation the brand-new county supervisor for 4th District, just sworn in this week. Here he is, the one, the only, Jimmy Paulding. Supervisor, how are you? Doing good. Good evening, Dave. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for having having me on your show as well. How are you feeling? Feeling good. What was the week like for you? Well, it was a busy week. Uh, lots of meetings. Meetings with staff, uh, community members. Um, getting sworn in on Tuesday was uh, a lot of fun, and we had quite a presence there in the board yeah. chambers. Lots yeah, yeah. of energy. Yeah. Good energy. Good energy. As opposed to some of the other energy. Yes. You won uh, in June. That's correct. Uh, so what have you been doing from June until January to prepare for a supervisor? Because you had that lead time. Yes, the lead time was nice. Um, I still had my role on the Rio Grande City Council, mm-hmm. as well as uh, my private practice, uh, you know, serving clients. Um, so it wasn't uh, the case that I was sitting around twiddling my thumbs. Right. And then a lot of folks uh, really wanted to sit down and meet. And so I used that time to meet with nonprofit I bet you've organizations. Very, I bet you've become very popular. <laughs> well, uh, it's a big job, big yeah. responsibility, and it's it's nice uh, to have had that time to, to do additional community outreach prior to taking office. Hmm. Do you like that idea where somebody can lose in June and still be a supervisor for six months? Is there a better way? I wish there was. I wish there was. Yeah, because I think that uh, representation can suffer in that uh, interim time. Is there an orientation for supervisors? Did they send you off to supervisor school somewhere? Indeed, they did. So I attended the new Supervisors Institute down in Anaheim, along with uh, supervisors from all 58 counties, made some really good friends. And uh, it's nice to meet people that are going through the same situation. What was your takeaway? Well, one of the positive takeaways was that I met supervisors from other counties that are um, politically di- diverse, right? They've got um, Republicans, Democrats, independents all working together uh, on their boards without some of the partisan and um, divisive nature of what we've seen with our board. And so it was refreshing to learn that and to meet supervisors that had been engaging in uh, productive boards and then obviously new uh, supervisors that had been elected that were joining boards that were less contentious. Well, let me take this out of order then, Supervisor, because I don't have the exact quote, but apparently you told the Tribune that one of your goals was to kind of bridge the gap and resolve the conflict on this new board. 
Absolutely. I, I think, you know, bringing a fresh uh, perspective of, you know, a willingness, a renewed willingness to, to work together, to work across the aisle, to try to build consensus um, to the extent that we can and, you know, ultimately seek 5-0 votes instead of yeah. divided 3-2 votes. Yeah. So how do you do that? I mean, it sounds good, but when you, when I, and I guess you mean by reaching out to Debbie Arnold and John Pershong. How do you do that? Do you have a history with either one of them? Well, I have been serving with both John and Debbie um, on our regional boards, the San Luis Obispo Council of Governments Board, the uh, Regional Transit Authority, and the Air Pollution Control District Board. Um, in some cases, I've served on uh, committees uh, that were intended to solve specific problems on those boards um, with them as well. And so, sure, I have a working relationship. Um, I really look forward to continue that working relationship and, and, and building that relationship. And I think, when, you know, to go back to your question as to how do we how do we do that? I think it's about um, active listening. So in meetings, um, how we listen to each other, how we engage in respectful um, civil discourse while deliberating at the dais, um, and ultimately, you know, trying to find common ground and build consensus. And, and I think it's doable. I'm optimistic. I'm trying to remember, have, haven't both uh, Supervisor Arnold and Supervisor Pershong indicated that they wouldn't run again in 2024? I thought I heard that at some point. Yeah. Have you heard that? I have heard that, but I, you know, I haven't heard it recently. And, yeah. you know, it's hear, change your hearsay. Mind. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. Right. And then what's the status of these districts? Because now that there's a new majority on the board and the court case, I guess, is still winding its way through. Do you expect any change in the supervisor districts? And do you want to see a change? I think that a new majority may re take a relook, a constructive relook at the uh, district boundaries and reassess that. Obviously, um, the litigation that is uh, active at this point will um, have quite a lot of influence. So maybe a new board majority um, would have, um, you know, an increased level of engagement with the um, the citizens for good government that filed the lawsuit and dialogue that might, you know, results ultimately in a settlement. Um, that could look like a number of things. I have not been fully briefed um, on the legalities of this because um, obviously I was just sworn in and I'll be um, learning more in closed session at our board meeting next week. So we don't know the timeline necessarily on the court case, do we? Don't know the timeline. Um, I think two, one of, I'll just say one of my goals is to evaluate the um, idea of an independent redistricting commission at some point in time. I don't know how, what the timing would look like. There are other concerns with, um, you know, the orphan communities, Oceano, Morro Bay, Los um, and Los Osos. Yeah, didn't get to vote in 2022. If we um, went back to, say, the old lines, uh, if a new majority, for example, wanted to go back to the old lines, um, then they would have those orphan communities would have their vote further disenfranchised in 2024. I think we need to look at that uh, in, in, in terms of timing. Who represents those orphan districts now? I'm not even sure I know. Well, that's that is the question. <laughs> yeah. Um, technically speaking, they're orphaned. They don't have representation. So all five supervisors do work for the whole county. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. And um, perhaps we will have discussions about uh, formalizing some level of um, interim representation for those communities. So each community has a point of contact. Any lessons we take away? Anything we've learned from the redistricting debate? Well, shall we say. You know, I think we saw a, a community come together to say um, the redistricting process, as was undertaken, um, resulted in a bad map um, that, that favored a political party. 
And I think that it really kind of um, brought the community together. And, um, you know, the voters spoke when they elected, uh, you know, myself and Supervisor Gibson. And perhaps um, that was due to their observation of a redistricting process that, that was not undertaken in a way that um, listened to the community. Yeah. Follow up on that, please, because I agree with you, is that the maps were redrawn to favor two candidates. One of the incumbents lost and the other one didn't win. The challenger didn't win. <laughs> How do you explain What's that? What's the question? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there, there are a number of different explanations one is is that I think that the plan to gerrymander, and I will still characterize the patent map as a gerrymander, it was a map that clearly, based on the evidence that was entered into the record at the Board of Supervisors meeting, not only favored a political party, but uh, accelerated the votes of uh, constituents of a polit- political, particular political party or persuasion and deferred the votes of others. Um, I think the gerrymander seriously had an effect on, uh, you know, the community wanted to uh, really make their um, their voice publicly or their concerns um, known. And they did that at the polls. And then I think, um, you know, observing the Supervisor Gibson campaign, my campaign, we just um, had so many different people um, from throughout the county get involved. So I had... Um, enough people wanting to walk neighborhoods and engage with constituents that we um, talked to over 10,000 people. We knocked 10,000 doors. I personally knocked about 3,000. We had 60 meet and greets where we invited people into uh, each other's homes to, you know, bring neighbors together to talk about uh, local issues. Um, We had people making phone calls, postcards. It was just, again, an, uh, from my standpoint, it wasn't just one candidate or two candidates saying, uh, hey, we want change. It was a community saying, hey, we're going to do everything it takes to get, uh, you know, elected officials in there that care about good governance. When Supervisor Gibson was here last spring, he complimented you by saying that you had the best organized ground team he had seen in any local campaign. Well, that's quite a compliment. Um, I would, uh, you know, first say um, that's due to uh, the campaign manager, who was my wife, Kendra Paulding. <laughs> she did a heck of a job organizing the campaign. And then we had other star volunteers. Rhonda McKibble, for example, um, was our, our team captain managing all of our field outreach. And she worked really, really hard. These are volunteers that, um, you know, um, put uh, full-time work weeks in in order to to really make sure that we were able to reach constituents with with our message. And yet, Supervisor uh, Ms. Stebbins was here last week, and she, it's not an exact quote, but she pretty much doesn't believe that you won the election in June, nor does she believe that Supervisor Gibson won. The point being, not just in Washington, D.C., but even here, there are election deniers trying to put doubt on the election process. How do you move beyond that? Well, I think as we've seen our um, our clerk recorder, Elena Kano, do, it's about trying to increase the engagement with that particular uh, group in our community, uh, be transparent in the sense that um, sh- our clerk recorder has said, come in, watch the process, observe, see for yourself. Um, engage in your right to a recount. Uh, I think that those are the best things that that 
we can do to get the, the truth out there that the election system here at a local level or national level for that matter is not rigged um, and that we, instead of undermining confidence in our local elections and our election process, we should be, um, you know, uh, critical of it and we can ask questions and do all that. But ultimately, when we see recounts, like in the case of my election come out with zero discrepancies, zero. Yeah. then we need to acknowledge that yeah. and um, be proud of that. All right. We are in conversation with brand new District 4 County Supervisor Jimmy Paulding. Just took office this week. We appreciate him being in studio with us now. Welcome back and talk, talk some more. A little bit later on, we'll welcome your phone calls and text messages. This is Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show. Happy Friday. Coastal Tractor in Paso Robles has the secret of top quality wine, pairing your reds and whites with the blue of New Holland Broad Grape Harvesters. Their flexible SDC shaking system softly shakes and detaches the grapes, and the proven Noria basket system ensures careful treatment of the vines without ground losses. New Holland's top priority is preserving the quality of grapes for top quality wine. Now that's New Holland Smart. See them at the Coastal Tractor location in Paso Robles, located at 2348 Golden Hill Road. Experience the future of connectivity with Spectrum One. You get Spectrum Internet, delivering the fastest speeds in the nation for $49.99 a month. Advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced privacy and security, free for 12 months. And a Spectrum Mobile line with unlimited talk, text, and data, plus nationwide 5G, free for 12 months. That's Spectrum One. Visit Spectrum.com or your local Spectrum store today. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. I don't know who to believe. Me neither. Like, what does transgender mean? And defund the police? What do people mean by me too? Why do people keep saying fake news? My sister and parents kept fighting about that stuff, and now they don't even talk to each other. Hey, go to informyourcommunity.org and get the facts, and have fun while you're at it. Informyourcommunity.org? Yes, and this message is sponsored by Inform Your Community, a nonpartisan nonprofit. Get the facts and have fun at free virtual events. Warning, side effects may include laughing, learning, socializing, friends and family that talk to each other. This is Hometown Radio with Dave Congleton on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. Now back to Dave. So you have decided to sell your house and move. Okay, I wish you well with that. But here's my question. Who's going to handle the sale for you? Because you've waited years for just the right moment. You want the best real estate agent, don't you? Oh, you're going to use your brother-in-law. Hmm. Well, I'm sure he'll do okay, but come on. This really is a major decision. So why not reach out to my real estate buddy, Lindsay Harn? I know she can help you. Start by going to the website at lindsayharngroup.com. Just check it out. See what you think. Wall Street Journal ranks Lindsay Harn number one agent in the area. San Luis Obispo Chamber of Commerce has named Lindsey Harn as one of America's top-selling realtors of 2021. You can trust Lindsey. She has helped uh, almost 200 families this last year reach their housing dreams. I know she can help you reach yours. You can call her directly, 805-441-7744. Just call her. Wish her a happy new year. After that, all you have to do is start packing. License number 0186-8098. Five twenty one on KVEC. Dave Congleton in conversation with the brand new fourth district county supervisor Jimmy Paulding. He took office this week on the Stolberg line. Listener wants to know if you know why Supervisor Pashong was not at the meeting this week. I was told by staff that he is in Europe Europe with his family. 
He's on a vacation. He's on a vacation. All right. Well, okay. Uh, second text message combines a question I was going to ask you. They want to know your new legislative assistant. Let me expand that question, Supervisor. Who's your team? So my team is, uh, well, it's comprised of one staff person. Um, his name is James Sofranco. He's my legislative assistant. Uh, he is going to be the primary way to get in touch with my office. And for those of you who are listening and have a concern, I'm just going to mention the phone number. It's 805-781-4337. That's 805-781-4337. Feel free to reach directly out to James, and uh, he can either schedule an appointment uh, so we can meet during my office hours or a phone call, uh, whatever it is. Uh, what about a planning commissioner? My planning commissioner is Miriam Shaw. Okay. Um, she Good was, choice. Yeah. Like yeah. Former uh, Grover Beach City Council member. Uh, she's also an attorney. I think she'll do a great job. Yeah. Any? Do you have any other team members? Yes. I forget. So uh, for Parks Commission, uh, Bruce Hilton. Um, for the Commission on um, Women and Girls, I've appointed two folks. Uh, one is Amy Hart. Another is uh, Jamie Maravilla. Um, in that case, uh, Amy is a, a academic and a historian, and um, certainly a women's uh, rights advocate. And uh, same with Jamie; she's also a planning commissioner yeah, she's in great. the city of Rio Grande. Yeah. yeah, all good choices. What's the message you're sending with the, with this team? Well, um, I would say that that there. Are, well, let let me uh, keep going down the list really quick sure. before I say that. Uh, for civil service commission, um, I appointed uh, Dave Warren, who's a local attorney, arbitrator, mediator, bring a really strong skill set to that commission. And then for the commission on aging, Ann McCracken, who is a, a local uh, senior advocate, she yeah. serves with our um, senior legislature at the state level as well. Okay. Uh, the message is uh, people that care about the community that want to, um, you know. And they all pride themselves on community engagement, um, certainly people that uh, align with me in terms of values. And um, I would just say folks that are very competent and will do a good job. On the Stolberg text line, I'll reword this because it's kind of jumbled. The listener is congratulating you on being a supervisor, but wants you to understand that California is a blue state. So, the listener argues, there's really no voice for the Republicans as we are surrounded by Democrats since the 1990s from top to bottom. Well, I think um, if you want to talk about representation, it's the opportunity is obviously at the polls. Um, in this particular case, you know, we've had a Republican board majority uh, for some time and uh, looks like things have changed here. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will say, too, that, you know, my goal is to serve everybody in this community. I don't care what your political affiliation is. Uh, technically speaking, the position of county supervisor is um, nonpartisan. That's what's stated in our California state constitution. I think we need to return to that in terms of a goal um, and um, be less partisan in general. I won't mention specific names, but I know multiple local Republicans who voted for you. Mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. a variety of different reasons. Oh, there there was a pretty good-sized list, and I really appreciate their support as much as I appreciate everybody's support. What do you, What's the message? I mean, uh, Don Addis is the first Democrat in state assembly from this area since, I think, the 1960s. Board of Supervisors goes from the right to the left. What's happening here, Supervisor? Well, I think, uh, well, as we, as we know, and I know that you've brought um, various political scientists and analysts onto your show, 
um, they've discussed in the past the fact that we now are um, a majority of Democrats here in San Luis Obispo County. So ultimately, I think we would have a um, set of district boundaries um, for the elections process that would ensure a fair shot for every candidate that runs based on the um, that runs for office based on the actual political composition, the demographic composition of our community. Um, and so we talked about redistricting earlier. I hope to take a relook at that. Um, but I would say that the voters have spoken. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. What, what then? I've got about 90 seconds before the f- news break. Then I'll start welcoming phone calls with the supervisor. What becomes your priority in the first year? What do you want to try to get done? Yeah, I'd put it into a couple of different buckets. Uh, the first bucket is supporting existing board priorities. Um, everything from implementing the homelessness strategic plan, which uh, has a, an objective of reducing homelessness by 50% within the next five years, um, filling the gaps that currently exist in our mental health uh, care system, um, ensuring that we build more affordable workforce housing, and engaging in um, you know, the type of planning that we need to ensure that we are securing reliable sources of water for our future. Those are all existing board priorities. We're going to be talking about those at our uh, meeting on Tuesday of next week. Economic development, I believe, is another existing priority. So when we talk about regional uh, goals like offshore wind and whether we might um, locate um, some port infrastructure on our coast to support offshore wind, um, I support all you know all of those things. And then the second bucket would be uh, kind of reversing. Um, some of the policies that the previous board majority implemented that that I would like to see changed and 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 hope that I have the support of my colleagues to do so. I'll give you a chance to elaborate on that as we continue with Fourth District County Supervisor Jimmy Paulding, our special guest on the anniversary show. First of all, let's go off to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with time saver traffic and weather together. We'll continue our conversation with the supervisor and invite your phone calls and read your text messages as well. You're listening to Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show. How come I'm not hearing any music? Where did the music go? We're not hearing any music. Hmm. Give me a second. That's all right. We'll get to go to news. We don't need any music. We got Craig Hill here. There we go. Still to come on this broadcast, we'll put the spotlight on Jack's Helping Hand, a great nonprofit during the 6 o'clock hour. Monday at 5.05, Jim Shivers will be here from Caltrans, talk about everything happening, not happening with the roads on the Central Coast. Larry Martinez on Tuesday, he is just back from Antarctica. Sounds like he had an incredible time. Also, a special segment on Thursday, uh, Jeff and Joan Buckingham will be here to share Joan's uh, journey fighting cancer. It's a story with a happy ending. We are with you weekday afternoons from uh, 3.05 to 7 o'clock right here on KVEC. 
Special guest to this hour is the brand-new county supervisor, 4th District County Supervisor Jimmy Paulding. He was elected last June. He took office this week. So now what? We invite your phone calls and questions for the supervisor. What do you want from this county board of supervisors? What do you want from the new supervisor? Here's a chance to interact with him directly. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Feel free to fire off a text if you would like as well. Meanwhile, supervisor, right before the break, we were talking about the multiple buckets. I'd like to go back to number two. Uh, refresh your memory, please. It sounds like you were calling for revisiting some issues. Yes. Yeah. The first bucket I mentioned was just supporting existing board priorities. The second was what I would characterize as uh, reversing some of the um, misguided policies that were implemented by the previous board majority. What comes to mind? So one of them is the Integrated Waste Management Authority. Uh, The county, uh, well, the, the previous board majority chose to withdraw the county from that organization, which is uh, was previously comprised of all of the seven cities, CSDs, and the county. And that led to um, what I would characterize as a, a, a increasing level of distrust with the, the county in general. Because my goal is to strengthen our region, work together with the seven cities and the CSDs in the county, and, and, and the county should be kind of that central um, organizing agency to bring bring those entities together and realize like with um, our um, integrated waste management authority that there are economies of scale when we work together. We're better together essentially. And um, what happened when the county left uh, was that they had to staff up resources in the public works department. That was hiring five people that now are are essentially uh, being subsidized by the taxpayers and are duplicating services with the services provided by the the waste authority. And so we're better if we we can join back in and uh, you know like I said realize those economies of scale and ultimately uh, reduce how much we'll have to increase garbage rates as a result of that. So that would be an example of one. On the Stahlberg line, by the way, uh, listener asks, I would like an explanation of how Supervisor Paulding would create affordable workforce housing in the county. My goal there is to build on the established priority of, of the Board of Supervisors, which is to pursue policies that will accomplish that goal. Um, one of the things I was able to do as a city council member in Rio Grande, um, serving on the San Luis Obispo Council of Governments board, was serve on a committee, which was the Central Coast How- Multi-Agency Housing Working Group. That group developed a whole list of uh, policy options that any government agency could implement in order to build more affordable and workforce housing. I'd love for this new board of supervisors to talk about all those different policies. We might take a relook at inclusionary housing, but I'm not saying that that's the only policy. Um, you know, we're, we're going to continue existing objectives like building accessory dwelling units. That actually is uh, one of the planning and building department's goals right now. Um, but beyond that, there are plenty of tools in the toolbox, and we need to get creative. And, um, and I would say the second thing is really working with our partners and building those relationships, like people's self-help housing, the Housing Authority, Housing Trust Fund, all those partners that will help us realize that goal. All right. Uh, we've got Gary in Pismo on KVEC. Hi, Gary. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jimmy. Hi. Hey, Gary. Hey, hi. I, I was going to text, but uh, I realized it'd be a real treat to say congratulations, Supervisor Paulding, Thank in you. person. So, congratulations. I really appreciate that. 
Thanks you for, bet. And, and I have two quick things to bring up. One, are you looking forward to working with our state representatives and Salud Carbajal, our federal representatives, Absolutely. to kind of maximize the benefits we can get from the state and the uh, federal government for our county? And elaborate on that, Supervisor. To what extent do you would you work with Congressman Super or uh, Carbajal or Assemblywoman uh, Addis? Uh, well, I've already had meetings with both, okay. and uh, it is... Um, it's it's definitely a goal of mine to continue to have meetings and strengthen those relationships for the benefit of our region. Uh, one of the meetings uh, that had uh, both of them was, in, in addition to our Senator John Laird, was over offshore wind mm-hmm. um, and how we can work towards um, not only the goal of, of the offshore wind um, areas, floating turbines, which is happening, uh, but also developing uh, potentially small-scale or large-scale port infrastructure to support that. And um, I, I think that we have tremendous opportunities uh, to work with, with those legislators uh, to make things happen here on the Central Coast. What else, Gary? The other one uh, I was going to ask real quick, if we have ideas to help with the issues that face the county, can we send them to you? And if so, what's the best way to do that? How do you get citizen input? Absolutely. Send your ideas. And so the best way at this point in time would be to reach out to my legislative assistant. And let me go ahead and give you his email as well. Um, that way, if you want to send an email in, you can do that. His email address uh-huh. is jsofranko at co.slo.ca.us. Um, that's J-S-O-F-R-A-N-K-O at co.slo.ca.us. And I believe that's also on the county website. That's correct. You can yeah. go to the county website. That information is there. Um, and feel free to reach out and share those ideas. There you go. All right, Gary, thank you very much for the call. 805-543-8830 for Jimmy Paulding, a brand-new supervisor. We've got April on KVEC. Hi, April. Hi, good evening. Hi, April. You. How are you? We're good. Hi, hi, Jimmy. Good evening. Hi there. So two things. First, I want to congratulate James. I know how hard he worked on your campaign before you even had a campaign, everything. Uh uh, he helped the OAC for a short period of time with our website. He's a nice, super nice, great, um, capable man. Thank and you. when he announced he had moved back to town, I knew immediately. I'm like, well, there's Jimmy's ledge aid. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> so congrats to him. He's very worthy of that position. Thank you. Um, you're very welcome. No, thank him. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to ask, though, is, as you know, I'm an, uh, well, maybe you know, I'm an orphaned resident of the county. And so when you say, and this is just in general, when you say to the people, we represent all of you, right? Because I'm an orphan and I don't get a representative. And when, when um, you're asked, you say, well, I, we represent all of you. Except that even when we had representation, the other four supervisors consistently would say, well, you're not in my district, so I can't really help you. You need to go to your district person. Right. So mm-hmm. not only could we not go to that district person because they didn't seem to care about Oceano in the least, then we didn't even have support of the other four. Right. So now with no one, how are you going to confirm and help us orphaned areas truly have all five representation because you can say that. I'm just concerned that's not the truth. Let's hear from the supervisor. 
Well, uh, April, let me just say, you know, I'm, I have a, a particular uh, interest and passion for Oceano. I grew up uh, right right there on the edge off of the pike uh, where my parents still mm-hmm. live. Um, went to North Oceano before it was Fairgrove. Uh, you know, played soccer. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so having, you know, had that special connection and having always wondered as a kid, well, why isn't Oceano more? Um, that was certainly one of the things that led me to run for office in the first place, is looking at Oceano, which is technically a federally disadvantaged community, um, mm-hmm. and um, some of the issues that we've seen linger there, and wanting to advance solutions. And so I will certainly um, remain committed to serving uh, your community of Oceano, and always feel free to reach out. So I'm just a phone call or an email away, and um, there are, there's a lot of momentum there with various groups. There's also a lot of division. Um, my goal there is to mm-hmm. try to uh, focus the community around some things that everybody can agree on, if we can get there. Um, you know, to have those meetings, to have those conversations, uh, to resolve the advisory council issue that you're well aware of, yeah. and, and to move forward. Would you like to see O'Shannel back in your district? I would. Okay. April, what else? I also would like to see us back in District 4, where we truly belong next to Napomo, especially. Um, Thank you for your words, Jimmy. I would just like to leave you with the thought of, I I hear what you are saying, and I respect it, and I appreciate it greatly. Please help the other four supervisors feel the same way about our orphaned areas within the county. I'll I'll do what I can. April, thank you. 805-543-8830. If you want to talk to brand new District 4 County Supervisor Jimmy Paulding, he just took office this week. We've got Lance on KVEC. Hi, Lance. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? We're good, Again, Lance. So, uh, you know, um, well, welcome to the world of the uh, county super, or county politics now, Jimmy. But thank you. Question, and I and I have this, and I was wanting to talk to the mayor of San Luis because they were city of San Luis is also under this problem. And uh, what do you specifically want and can do of our unfunded pension liability with the county? I think it's a good question, Lance. Um, in looking at the financial details, the county pension trust fund is in much better shape than our CalPERS system. So the fact that the county is, like many counties, um, not in CalPERS, I think is a good thing. And it's important that we continue to to look at that and pay down that liability to the extent we can. While I was on the Aurora Grande City Council, we would actually make aggressive payments beyond what were required uh, in order to... Uh, you know, basically save taxpayer dollars down the road. And um, I'd love to continue to approach our county budget with that same level of fiscal responsibility. Lance. So so you're aggressively paying it down, but were those taxpayer dollars or were they um, uh, pension, pension people paying more into it and requiring the pensioner more uh, contributions and not coming out of the general fund? Well, I think in in Aurora Grande's case, we were able to use a number of different funding sources. Um, I can't recall if it was CARES Act or um, if we were allowed to use the uh, American Rescue Plan Act funds. I, I, I do remember having general fund discussions about that and saying, okay, if we have, for example, deferred maintenance on our roads, 
Um, if we know it's only going up in cost, do we put money towards roads right now as a priority or pension liability, knowing that if we make more down payments that we're going to reduce how much we have to pay in interest over time? And we came up with kind of a budget balancing approach uh, to doing that. That is definitely um, you know, something that I will be engaging in next week at the County uh, Board of Supervisors meeting where we talk about um, budget priorities, which will lead in, well, overall priorities that will lead into budget priorities as we uh, develop the, the new budget for the next fiscal year. Um, so I'd certainly encourage you to weigh in on that process, and I appreciate your questions and comments. All right, Lance, thanks for the call. 805-543-8830 for our new supervisor, Jimmy Paulding. Let me combine two text messages on the Stolberg line, same kind of topic. First one says uh, they want to comment on the windmills offshore. They're concerned it's going to hurt the fishing industry. Second text says offshore wind is a complete commitment to destroying the environment. Anyone being involved in meetings related to any wind development should be brought up on charges. Thanks. Well, that's interesting uh, uh, commentary, and everybody's entitled to their own perspective and opinions. Um, I think that to the latter, um, what's happening is is the state of California is trying to work towards their renewable energy goals. And um, in the wake of climate change and uh, wanting to move away from fossil fuels, you know, we have to get aggressive in terms of our, our energy policy. I think offshore wind makes sense. Um, for those that really start looking into the details, um, these turbines are way out there. Um, so you, you're not going to, it's not going to necessarily result in visual blight on our coastlines. Um, the environmental impacts uh, are, uh, I think, definitely something that can be mitigated. And um, I'm trying to remember what the first part of the question was. The, the windmills offshore will hurt the fishing community. Oh, yeah, commercial fishing, exactly. Um, the way that that's being done is with the intent to protect our offshore um, you know, com- commercial fishing industry. And I would just mention, too, there's concern about the um, uh, Chumash National Marine Sanctuary and how to make that work with the fishing industry and offshore wind. And my position on that has been I, o- I only support that sanctuary if we can make it all work. Mm-hmm. And so that's what our congressman, so Carbowal, Carbajal has been trying to do. Um, same with our Senator John Laird, and, and I know that our, our Assemblywoman Don Addis as well. So the windmills, to what extent is that a supervisor issue versus state versus federal? Uh, it's a federal auction. You know, okay. they recently just... They, they started that, right? They started that, and... So um, does the supervisors have any say in that project? Not what's taking uh, place off offshore, no. 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 What, what about in terms of, um, what? what is it, a port? Yes, a yeah. port. So there's a regional economic development organization known as REACH that has been trying to uh, essentially study those, uh, answer those questions. Is it feasible to develop some type of port infrastructure to support the offshore wind turbines um, here on our coast? So they looked at Diablo Canyon, they looked at Port San Luis, they looked at Morro Bay, um, and essentially concluded that there there is potential feasibility, but we need to go further in um, in the to the next level of feasibility analysis to make those decisions. So that'll be interesting because that's that is a local um, policy issue that the board of supervisors will vote on as to whether we want to make that a budget priority. All right, uh, we'll be back for a final segment with uh, Supervisor Jimmy Paulding. I'm Dave Congleton. We're live. We're local. This is Hometown Radio.
Top of the hour, it's ABC Radio News, and then we'll put the spotlight on Jack's Helping Hand, one of the great nonprofits in the county. We have a few minutes left with Supervisor Paulding. If you want in on the conversation, though, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830. On the Stolberg line, Supervisor, a listener wants you to tell us more of the items that you would like to change from the previous board decisions. I appreciate that question. Uh, one of the items I hope to address as a board and, and hope that I can you know, get the support of my colleagues on would be campaign finance reform. The previous board decided to uh, increase the campaign finance uh, or campaign contribution limit uh, for individuals, businesses, or political action committees uh, to $25,000 per individual. And state law was going to cap that at 4900 I think that 4900 is already a lot of money to see uh, coming from individuals. And I'd like to see our board potentially rever- reverse course. I think we need to get big money out of politics, not be injecting big money into politics. Well, here's an interesting call. We have your colleague, uh, 3rd District Supervisor Don Ortiz Leg on the line. Supervisor, good afternoon. Well, good afternoon and Happy New Year, Dave. Thank you, Supervisor. Now, is this a violation of the Brown Act? No, it isn't. Okay, because, well, just want to make sure. And we're doing that. We're, <laughs> yeah, not, not yet. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> we have to be careful. Yeah. Thanks for joining, Don. So what's up, yeah. Supervisor? Well, I just wanted to just say how excited I am to have a colleague of, um, like Jimmy, like Supervisor Paulding, to participate in the processes that he's been talking about today. They're very complex, and there's so many things that impact the lives of our citizens here, and it's just really um, very exciting to have somebody that's so engaged and really, you know, digging deep into the details. So I just wanted to say how excited I am about having him on the board. Supervisor. Thank you, Supervisor Ortiz Leg. I uh, can't wait to work alongside you and continue the good work that you've been doing. Uh, it's it's we're gonna hopefully have some fun along the way. It's gonna be uh, it's just gonna be great working together. Well, and 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 I I applaud both of you. I I, I support both of you. But Supervisor Ortiz Leg, I've got to ask you, what does having Jimmy on board do for the agenda? What do you expect to happen in the next six months? Well, I think that we're going to be very focused. I mean, Jimmy gave you a list of items that are very important. It's a, they're important for the, the lives of, you know, how we pay our bills, that, not just at the county, but for people at home. And there's things that we have to talk about for the future. There's things that we have to talk about how we survive um, using energy. I mean, people have to recognize that energy is a real national security item that means that we keep the lights on when we went through storms like we did this past Week and yep. with climate, this is we got a lot of important things to try to figure out. And uh, what it means is that we have somebody that's actually willing to roll up the sleeves and dig into the details, which is what I like to do. So that's why I'm excited. All right, I love uh, meetings and I love whiteboards. So yes, oh, lots lots of meetings to come. <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> productive right. ones. We are nerds, okay, Dave. So we don't have anything cool. To say. Yeah. Supervisor, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for letting me call in, and I wish everybody a happy new year, and look forward to talking more about offshore wind. <laughs> yeah, I'll track you down. You're on my list. Thanks, Don. Remind me, Supervisor, what was your position, and what is your position on Diablo Canyon, speaking of energy? You want to keep that open? 
Uh, yes, I supported keeping it open, um, especially for the the period, the transition period, right? While we pursue other types of energy like offshore wind. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got about a minute left, Supervisor. We so appreciate your time. Let's remind folks the best way to contact you. You can contact me through my website, uh, and you can do that just by typing in the San Luis Obispo County Board of Supervisors, and it'll uh, there's a drop down menu. You can select. Uh, my name, and you'll see my staff's information. My phone, the phone number for my staff is 805-781-4337. That's 805-781-4337. And please do call. Any constituent concern, whether a large one or a small one, um, is important to me, and I want to be responsive to all constituents. I've got 30 seconds for a final thought. Final thought, um, I just want to say how much of a pleasure it is to, to have been given this great responsibility by the citizens. Um, I'm, I'm thankful to you for electing me, um, to all those who supported me, uh, whether it was financially or volunteering. Um, I'm truly thankful, truly honored, and I promise to work really, really hard for, for everyone here in our community. All right, Supervisor, good luck. We appreciate the visit. Thank you, well, sir. Thanks for having me on the show. All right, that's uh, going to wrap up this hour. Off we go. We've got ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. And then uh, let's find out what's happening with Jack's Helping Hand and round out the week. You're listening to Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is a Dave Congleton show where, once again, we don't have the music. Hmm. There's a ghost in the machine. But hopefully we'll have the news. Let's see what happens here. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.